So it's great uh, to be here. We're just going to, if you, uh, in a moment, if you've got your Bibles with you, uh, turn to uh, Romans um, chapter 16. Uh, in the, and if you've got it on your phone, look it up on the NLT version. Um, but we'll, we'll read it in a moment. Actually, if we just go, can you go back, Sam, to the, the first, back, 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 back. Yeah, um, <clears throat> just to give you a little bit of a heads up, we're doing a, a four-week mini-series. We're looking at Samuel. We have been looking at Samuel, the book of Samuel, and how David was chosen, all that sort of stuff. But we're doing a four-week mini-series on Battleship Church. And it's because uh, somebody came and shared a prophetic word right at the beginning of last year about the church being a battleship church, about the need to sort of like lay good foundations. And so we're just doing something about how we build church together really well what we can do. And, and then three weeks ago, I looked at leadership, all the different ships. And we now, we now know that if you have a noun and you put a ship on the end of it, what does it become? A noun. It just stays as a noun if you're really interested in that. So, but we had leadership uh, and then we had membership, fellowship. And this morning, we're going to look at this uh, whole idea of partnership. And just it's the foundation of how do we do church together well? How can we build um, really together uh, well? Uh, so we're going to look at uh, three areas of partnership, how we can build together uh, as men and women together, men and women building something uh, in the church. How can we build well with other churches and how can we build well with apostolic oversight? So how do we submit to other people you know, to help God see uh, God's kingdom come in our midst? So uh, Romans chapter 16, I just need to let you know, I have never ever, ever preach from these verses before. Never. And you'll find out why, okay, because it's quite an interesting few verses. I'm also not going to ask anybody else to read it because there's all sorts of names in there that I'm going to, and I've been practicing, so I hopefully I'll be able to get all the names right. But if you want to find out a really interesting or novel name for a baby or a child or a nephew or a niece, then there are loads of names in here that you can uh, try and copy. I tried to work out, sorry? Maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Uh, I tried to work out which were the, the male and the female names, and I think I've got it right. But anyway, here we go. We ready? Uh, it should be up on the screen. There's, there's two screens, just so you know. I always think it's helpful to know how many screens are we going to read. Uh, we're going to read uh, Romans chapter 16, verses 1 uh, to 16. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church at Sencria. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honour among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many, especially to me. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I am thankful to them, and so are all the Gentile churches. Also, give my greetings to that church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend Epenetus. He was the first person in the province of Asia to become a follower of Christ. Give my greetings to Mary, who has worked so hard for your benefit. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who were in prison with me. They are highly respected among the apostles and became followers of Christ before I did. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ. And my dear friend, Stachys. Greet Apelles, a good man whom Christ approves. 
and give my greetings to the believers from the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet the Lord's people from the household of Narcissus. Give my greetings to Tryphena and Tryphosa. That's a really good name for twins, isn't it? I wonder if they were. To Tryphena and Tryphosa, the Lord's worker, and to dear Persis, who has worked so hard for the Lord. Greet Rufus, whom the Lord picked out to be his very own, and also his dear mother, who's been a mother to me. Give my greetings to Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobas, Hermas, and the brothers and sisters who meet with them. Give my greetings to Philogius, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and to Olympus, and all the believers who meet with them. Greet each other with a sacred kiss. All the churches of Christ send you their greetings. There you go. So what I would really like you to do is, just for a moment, uh, so it's not just me talking, could you just turn to somebody next to you, next door to you, and just say, what, what just strikes you about these verses? What sort of thing, oh, that's quite an interesting, I've never really thought of that. Like, or just something that's interesting about these verses, anything at all, okay? But <clears throat> it does mean that everybody has to turn to somebody and talk to somebody. And particularly if you don't know many people, somebody else will turn to you and they will talk to you. Okay, so we've got about two minutes. Michelle, it means you might have to move, or Jeb's all right, but anyway. Okay, just two minutes. What strikes you about these verses? So, uh, who wants just to suggest a few things that just interesting from these verses? Greetings. You just said hello to lots of people? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hello. Yeah. He's just noticed what people have done. He's just really grateful. Yeah, it's great. Somebody else said something. Anyway, yeah, anything else? Sorry? The names. Where he remembered the names. Yeah. 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 How many people struggle to remember names? I always used to struggle to remember names until I decided I'm going to remember names now. It was really weird. Honestly, it's weird. You almost have to think, I'm going to remember names. Anyway, yeah, somebody else said something? L lots of women? Yeah. A Trifona and Trifina, are they women or men? I don't know either, to be honest. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, somebody else? Appreciated yeah, just appreciated people. Yeah, that sense of like love. Yeah. Anything else? Just there's really real relationship in there. It says, you know, it, uh, give my greetings to his dear mother, who has yeah. been a mother to me. Yeah. It's, real it's not just a list of names, but it's actually things he's got a real relationship with. Yeah. I love that, that thing about. And greet Rufus's mum, who's been a mum to me. What, I wonder what Rufus's mum did for the Apostle Paul. Did he do his washing? Or did he sort of like, get out of bed, you lazy oik? I don't know what it was, but, but he was like, oh, she, she was like a mum to me, yeah. Uh, last one, anything else? Someone was mentioned that the first person followed Jesus immediately. Yeah. Yeah, very, very good. Who was that? Uh, Epenetus. yeah. Yeah, fantastic. It's amazing, isn't it? But we, there should be more people called a penitent, shouldn't there? <laughs> the first person, yeah, it'd be great. Go and then just, Carlo, last one. You put your hand up. Uh, talking about the workers. Yeah. And they work hard. Yeah, they, they just worked hard. Great. Well, thank you. You've done all my preparation and so on. I think that the first point that I just wanted to pull out from this was um, 
that you can feel the depth of love that Paul had for all of these people. And then you think, well, were they, were they just church members? You know, were they friends? Were they co-workers? Were they family? Were they travel companions? And you think, they were all of them. There was this genuine sense of love and affection for these people in the church of Rome. And he just, he remembered their names. He'd never been to Rome. But I think he must have met some of these people and were just travelling around, travelling around planting churches. And these people had just been, they had been significant in his life. And he just wanted to say, I love you. I thank you. You're really important. Rufus's mum. I think there is something that I went to um, Amplify, which is a, a prophetic school that Catalyst run. And I went and did something about character formation there uh, to two Saturdays ago, I think it was. But then there was a whole group of people that I didn't really, I didn't know. But there are about five people in there that I've known for probably 20 years, but I hadn't seen for a long time. And you know, it's such extraordinary, it was almost quite a tearful moment, you know. But all these, all these old friends, you're thinking, the heritage and the history that we've got of building something together, like, it was really quite special. And God sometimes puts people in your lives and you're thinking, I'm so grateful for you. And sometimes they've been in your life for a short period of time, sometimes for a long period of time. But you think there's something about the real love for these people that Paul just exuded. I think one of the reasons why Paul knew them because he was just praying for them, I think. I think he was just systematically praying for these leaders. The second thing is that I've got, that I put in here is that there's just this, a clear sense of like mutually trusting each other and doing ministry and doing life together. And it took about Phoebe, who, by all accounts, she was a very wealthy woman. And some versions say, that the NLT says she supported many people. Uh, other versions say she was a patron of, of many people. So I think what happened is she, she, she'd got a lot of money. Um, I don't know how she'd got the money, but she got a lot of money. And actually, she was then supporting these different church leaders and church planters and people all around the world. And actually, it says that there were so many people that need to be grateful to this woman, Phoebe, because she supported and she loved people. She had a significant impact. And then it says, and all these people, you've got little church groups meeting in your home. Sometimes we have, we have life groups meeting in our home, you know, and you thinking, well, it's just what we do, and we get, gather together in small groups. And, but there is something, like, really special about building connections. But Paul wanted to recognise all of them. And some of the people in there, Paul doesn't say why he's mentioning them. But I think he just loved them. I think... <laughs> I think he just loved them. He just said, oh, I love you. You're amazing people. The third thing that I just want to pull out of here is this, that um, as Carlos, as you said, they worked. They just worked really hard. They worked hard for the gospel. Priscilla and Aquila, he said, no, you're fellow workers. And they risked their lives for the gospel. They risked their lives for the gospel. It says Mary, she just worked hard. Abanus, who was a fellow worker, Trifena and Trifosa. Though he says, like, those workers, look at how. I think that there were two women. I th- look at how they worked. How, the much-loved Persis, who worked hard. And I does anybody sometimes feel that, well, even planting a church is hard work. Sometimes doing church, like, is hard work. But you know, like, this morning, I came in, and I, I don't know, 
I, I did speak to, to Michael about it, but the signs were all up on the road. The flags were up as you walked in. You know, if you were visiting this morning, I hope you could see where, where you had to come to. It was quite obvious. But do you know that? There were just so many people that work hard. And, and I just think, oh, it's not for, like, for me necessarily to say thank you. You're not doing it for me, but on behalf of the church, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for, I don't know, people like Pat and Ken who do the, the food bank. Alan and, and Michelle and others do the night shelter. Janet does the legal centre. All the people that do the setup, all the teams that come in early, early. So we all sort of like, we all rock up at 10, 10 10.20, don't we now? We don't rock up after that. But, but when we all rock up, like, we come, but there'd be people who've been here for a couple of hours just setting it up and they just do it week after week after week. And then there are people that boil the kettles. And then, so I always just think coffee's, well, it's just always there. It's just there. Just happens. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't just happen. There are people that go and fill all the kettles up and pour them, boil the water. But there are people that do all of these things, all the kids' work, people out doing the kids' work. It's just phenomenal. I just think, oh, thank you. All the bands that, that practice and rehearse and write songs. Tim, who pre where's Nathan? Your dad is a legend. He preached two weeks on the row. And he's got quite a busy job. Oh, thanks, Tim. Pass it on. Eh? <laughs> but he, he just did a great... But all these things, there's just so many people that do so much. Becca and people like Lizzie and other people in the office, just doing so much and dom... You know, it's just like the list is endless. People who just serve. And all I just want to say is thank you, thank you, thank you. The other point I would just want to make... The first point is this, is that there were so many different people, but they were united coming together. And you know, there's this sense that um, it wasn't just Paul on his own doing the business. It wasn't just Paul trying to work really hard and getting really tired and then say, oh, I need to dip out now. But he had all these people, all these multiple people, many, many different people, many people working together, men and women, different backgrounds, different social classes, different levels of education, all from different countries. And it reflects, that Romans 16 reflects Romans 12 that says that we are many parts of one body and all belong to one another. And there is something I think about, about our difference that is really important really important. I really love a good friend of mine, Clive Sharp, who is from Essex. The only trouble with Clive is he really likes to let everybody know he's from Essex. <laughs> but, you know, he, Clive, he's made a bit of money in a, in a fencing business. He used to work as a bouncer. He's got an interesting history, but he's one of the most effective church leaders that I know. Proudly, proudly working class. Wants to build churches for working class. That's what, that's what he's saying. And I don't, for some reason, God has knitted us together really well. And we love each other. 
and we partner together on so many different things. But our backgrounds are really different. But you know, there is something about that that is unique, that is incredibly special. And that is what some of these verses are talking about. And so when we're talking about building, what are the foundations for building at Trinity? One of those foundations is this, that we partner in differences. And that makes us strong. That makes us strong. And our identity is in Christ. So I just want to uh, uh, briefly look at three um, areas of partnership, if, if I can. And the first one is this, is uh, men and women working together. Thank you. <laughs> that was a cheer. Who was that that squealed? Was it Ida? Ida, men and women like you working together. <laughs> so, um, as, uh, as Simon pointed out in there, does anybody know how many, oh no, I haven't put it up there yet, does anybody know how many people are listed in Romans chapter 16? Have a guess? 27. 27. If you include Rufus's mum, and I don't know why I didn't put her name down. Maybe it's out of respect. You know, Mrs. Rufus. I don't know what it was. but So 28, including Rufus's mum. Out of those 28. And these are the people that Paul hugely valued in co-laboring, in partnering, in ministry. Out of those 28, 11 of them are women. So therefore, I would say that then Paul had at least 40% of his key partners in the gospel were women. 60% men, 40%. Uh, were women. And I, th I just feel that it is exciting that we are, we are part of a network of churches called Catalyst. I've got a little diagram that I'll show you later. That we, we were part of New Frontiers and then were part of Catalyst that's still part of New Frontiers. And, and anyway, I'll explain it in a moment. But just so you know that actually, with, as Catalyst churches, we're trying to make a real effort to bring some definition and clarity to what it means to have teams of men and women working together to bring leadership to the church, to articulate clearly what that looks like. If you go back three weeks to the sermon I preached on uh, leadership, and uh, my points were it's servant leadership, and then we talked about elders, and we talked about deacons. I think there's this clear understanding that it's hard to read some of the passages in the New Testament and not to feel that eldership is male. But the reality is that in many churches, that has been worked out in a way that has been quite harsh and difficult. And what it has often meant is that women have felt undervalued and unappreciated as key leaders in the church. And my point of like, preaching this sermon from Acts chapter 16, which is a really unusual few verses to preach on, I recognise that, is because we want the church to look like Acts chapter 16. Sorry, Romans, thank you. You can look at Acts 16 if you want to, but it might be something different. Uh, Romans chapter 16, we want it to look like Romans 16, where all of this breadth of people, the diversity of people, of men and women coming together to lead the church together. Elders are accountable for doctrine and direction and discipline in the church. 
At some point, there will be a call to account for that. But that does not mean to say that they are responsible for doing it all. And it doesn't, there are, we need to have teams of people that are responsible for delivering all that the church is doing. And a key part of that is to create a healthy culture for men and women to work together. And that's why, just so you know, we've been doing quite a lot of restructuring. Sometimes we just had things and we've said, no, this is how we do it. You know, and we haven't really articulated it. And last three weeks ago when I preached about leadership was probably the first time in the church in 20 years I've sort of like really clearly just laid out how we're doing it. But we want to be able to do that so that we can have church, one, led by teams, led by men and women, different backgrounds and ages of married and single people that are leading according to the gifts that God has given them. And we pray that God is going to do something powerful in our midst. We've had uh, women uh, preaching at, at Trinity for... Since, the, we, since we started, really, I think, 20 years ago, there's never been really a moment when we haven't. People leading all sorts of min- teams of men and women leading all the ministries. But we just feel that, like, now, to go into the next chapter of God, God has got for us. We need to have some clarity and say, this is how we're going to build. That's why we, a few weeks ago, we appointed two new trustees, Jan and Jebson. That's why we've got these teams. We've got a a wider leadership team. And that's why we talked a few weeks ago about creating a core team. And then at some point, we will be appointing new elders. And also, just to let you know, um, I'm going to go on sabbatical um, in, in May for a couple of months. And if I'm going to go on sabbatical, and the reason I'm going on sabbatical is this, is that, to be honest, you know, we, I, I feel like I've been running on fumes for a while. And going away to the conference was the most extraordinary thing to go and do because you feel really tired. And actually, what you really need to do is not to sleep more. You just need to be in the presence of Jesus. That's what restores you more than anything else. And so actually what... Often what we do is I think I'm just going to take time out of leading actually for a couple of months so that I can just be restored in the Lord because I feel that the next eight years in the life of this church are going to be our most fruitful years. I just I feel that that is what God, God is calling us to do. But if I'm going to be out, then we need to have multiple teams, multiple teams that are running things, taking responsibility and bringing leadership. So I think we want to have a new day of articulating clearly how men and women are leading together. And then the next thing is just very quickly, I want to say about how we're leading together with other churches. Can you, can you is, have we got that, um, that diagram? I spend so many, so long, I, I don't know, if you've been around for a while, if you're, if you're just visiting, just, you, you don't have to watch this, but you can if you want to. But if you want to, want to understand our, our heritage and where we come from, we had this big organisation called New Frontiers that was started in the 1960s. Charismatic renewal, God doing amazing things, house churches all over the place. And then, in a, I think it was about 2013, New Frontiers split up into lots of different little spheres. Lots of different spheres. Still part of New Frontiers, but lots of different spheres. But the, the one sphere that we were part of was one called Catalyst. We're still part of New Frontiers, but we're still part of Catalyst. It's not, it wasn't the biggest sphere, but I just couldn't work out how to do it other than that. Okay. They're all the same size, okay? But anyway, but it, so we're part of Catalyst. And then within Catalyst, 
there appear like a whole load of different like hubs in Catalyst. So there's probably about five, how many did I put in there? One, two, three, four, five. There's probably about five different groups within Catalyst based all around the UK and in different countries. But then, but we've connected with the one of those uh, hubs called, uh, in, based in King's Arms in Bedford called Resonate. I don't know why they all have to have special names, but anyway, that, that's just the way it is. That's the way church works, okay? But so we're part of Resonate. So when we talk about going up to a conference, we went to Resonate, and that was probably about the 100 churches that are part of Resonate. And we went there for three days. It's the most extraordinary thing. We would often talk about going up to King's Arms Church in Bedford. It's a big church, but they do loads of things, and they, they just pursue the presence of the Holy Spirit like we've never known before. That's where we want to be more than anything else, in the place with other churches that are pursuing the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and Resonate do or King's Arms, do, they do Amplify, which is a prophetic conference. If you want to learn how to be more prophetic and to hear God's voice and to speak into our nation and into the church, go and join Amplify, and we'll help you and support you do that. If you feel called into leadership, then I'd really encourage you to go and join the, the Catalyst Leadership and Theology Training, and we'll support you and help you to get into that. But it's coaching and it's training how we can become more and more effective leaders. And there's one other course that they do. Can you remember what it is? Discipleship training, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's the one, and that's why, yeah, and so when Sam, Salmon and Taryn are looking after our life group, if you're leading a life group or you want to lead a life group, I just so urge you to go and do that online discipleship course. It will change your life. They all come out of this thing, resonate. And then there's the next little bubble, and that's the last bubble because I couldn't fit any more in. But then there's a little sub-hub, and there's a group of six churches that we connect with loads and loads. And that Clive is in there, and there's a few church plants over in Essex, and there's a, a church plant in, in Harlow, and there's one in uh, Upminster, and there's one down in Islington. But there's like, and there was one out in Munich that we were working. But that's just a really so we connect really tightly with those um, six churches. But the reason I'm saying all of those things is that there is something that. When we serve other people, we become stronger. And I'd encourage you to say, who can I be serving in another context? And it's almost like that we felt that the more we gave away of our time, the stronger God grew us. And so when I'm not here on a Sunday, it's because I'm probably visiting one of these other churches. But it's great. And people always say, Duncan, when you're away, church is so much better. <laughs> and to be fair... I don't take that. I, I'm, they're not being rude. But actually, there's a principle there that other people are always stepping up and taking new leadership. And it's really very, very exciting. So we are partnering with other churches. And then the last thing, just to mention, is this, that uh, we partner with apostolic oversight. So we are part of King's Arms. We are people in those that actually... We're not on our own, but we do all of these things together. We do these things together. And we also have a, a, a relationship with a guy called Richard Whiteman. And I've got a little video from him in a moment. But I just need to let you know, Richard Whiteman is probably the most strategic leader that I know. I am not the most strategic leader I know, to be really honest with you. I'm not, that's, just, that's not really my gift. 
But Richard is incredibly gifted and able. And he has been the most helpful person in trying to work out plans for what we do and the next steps that we do and things that we do. But they've often been sort of like ad hoc conversations when I've gone and said to him, Richard, what should I do in this? At the end of last year, I went up to him and said, Richard, I really want you to have oversight of Trinity. And initially, he said no. That wasn't very helpful. And then he came back and he said, I've prayed for a month and I feel God is saying yes. He was leading... He, if you really want to know his biography, he read history at, at Oxford. He was the head of customer service at Network Rail for, for about 10 years. And then he led Milton Keynes Church for a long time, for about 20 years. And it's a big church. We will do well. But actually, we need to have somebody that will speak into us. And I need to have somebody that will look me in the eye and say, Duncan, why did you do that? And you know, if I've been leading a church for a long time, not very many people do that. They don't, you know, they don't because they think they just, they won't. But there needs to be somebody that I'm accountable to. That if I do something really stupid, that will call me up and say, why are you doing that? And then, you know, restorate all those sorts of things. But it's really, really important to have a healthy church that there are people who are like that. Anyway, so what I did was I said, uh, Richard couldn't be here this morning. But I said, oh, Rich, could you just do a really quick video for us? And I thought it'd be quite helpful for you to see his face. Anyway, so, uh, Simon, if we could play that, that'd be helpful. Uh, hello, uh, I'm uh, Richard, Richard Whiteman, and uh, Duncan's asked me to um, uh, answer how, what does um, apostolic input and uh, working with sort of apostolic support look like? Um, so the way I think about the apostolic is, in biblical terms, it's a sent one. It's someone who's sent to um, bring the culture, the values, the approach uh, of, actually in New Testament times, the, uh, the Romans who'd um, sort of taken over a, a new area or whatever. So it's to bring values and sort of the Roman way of doing things. So it's a well understood term in, in New Testament times. Um, I appreciate that it's lost something in uh, subsequent uh, eras. Um, it's someone who helps lay foundations, uh, making sure that they're true, helping to adjust and rebuild when they're you know, a bit off course, providing big picture support and guidance. It's not someone who directs uh, or enforces. It's someone who helps and builds and supports. Um, and, uh, and the aim is to build a community of people uh, who are seven things. Um, so number one, uh, they're by grace followers of Jesus as Lord and Saviour. Savior. And number two, they're devoted uh, to God. And number three, they're people of the Spirit. Number four, they have genuine love for one another. Uh, number five, they have anointed leadership uh, operating in teams. And number six, they declare and demonstrate the good news of the kingdom of God. And finally, number seven, they make healthy, multiplying disciples. So disciples who multiply um, again and again and again. Uh, so that's how I see it. Um, uh, it's uh, great to be working with um, Duncan and uh, uh, trying to provide some support to him. Um, God bless you as uh, you uh, build and grow and advance and, uh, uh, and uh, cause the kingdom of God to, to prosper as you share your faith, as you build a community together and as we lay those foundations of a good biblical uh, basis for church life together. God bless you all. <laughs> I just need to let you know, Richard is not a regional manager. We're not like Pizza Hut or Starbucks or something like that. 
<laughs> he's just a friend. But he's a friend who's quite wise and is a few steps ahead of us. And it's something that we willingly step into and say, look, we need your input. Please come and help us. And he's been very, very gracious to us. Just to, to draw to an end. It's, it's an unusual sermon. I, I get it. We don't normally have sermons like this that will talk about structure and purpose and all those sort of things. But there are sometimes it's really important to be able to lay down what we're doing as a church and how we are trying to build together. The last three verses of Romans chapter 16 says this. Now all the glory to God who is able to make you strong. Just as my good news says, this message about Jesus Christ has revealed his plan for you Gentiles, a plan kept secret from the beginning of time, but now as the prophets foretold and as the eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all Gentiles everywhere so that they may too may believe and obey him. All glory to the only wise God through Jesus Christ forever. Can I just invite you to stand with me? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we just, we invite you to come and uh, fill our lives afresh. I pray, Lord Jesus, that partnering and partnership between men and women between single and married, between the people of loads of education and none, of every different nationality, every background. Lord, I pray that you would put something of a a Holy Spirit anointing for partnership over us as a church. And as we have this just brief interlude of looking at foundations of the church I pray Holy Spirit come and lay something so foundational on us as we serve other churches as we allow other people to speak into us and shape us we ask Holy Spirit would you come I ask oh Lord that we would be a church that is a a city on a hill that is bright and shining and glorious because we surrender everything to you where you get the glory where the church is made up of hundreds of people who delight in you above anything else and we ask you Holy Spirit come and fill our gaze right now I pray that we would be the men and women that just bright, uh, shine brightly during this week that we carry something of your kingdom O oh Lord Father, we thank you. We pray for our work colleagues that don't know you, that they would see something in us. We pray for our neighbours that don't know you, that they would see something in the way that we live our lives, that we speak to them. Holy Spirit, come and manifest yourself in our lives afresh, we pray.
all the fuck you. finish it three weeks ago we we talked about servant leadership and I asked anybody who raised their hands to be committed to servant leadership in the church to email me um, some people have but I think there are quite a few people that put their hands up that haven't emailed me I would really like you to email me and just say I will do that because I'm just going to pray for you to pray that you would take the next steps into being an extraordinary servant leader. Father, we thank you.